morning everyone and welcome to worship with Paisley St George's whether you're present here in the sanctuary or joining online or on the telephone you are welcome you are welcome if you're here Sunday by Sunday or you're here whenever you can manage or you're here for the very first time you are welcome so please take a moment to welcome the folks near you So come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and praise him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before our Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Let's praise God by standing able to sing the old hundred Hymn number 63, All People That On Earth Do Dwell. Hymn 63. <laughs> our God. Let's pray. 
Eternal God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we come to you dressed up or dressed down. We come to you together or alone. We come to you willingly or dragged along. We come to you in a place of worship. We come to you with joy or sadness in our lives. We come in a multitude of ways, with a myriad thoughts and with trillions of reasons. But we dare to come because you call us to follow Jesus. So we come to learn more of you, God who created us. God who lived on earth to teach us how to live and love. God who breathes life into us. Lord, we hear what we are meant to do and we try so hard to follow Jesus and yet we struggle. We struggle and we're sorry that we find it hard to love other people as Jesus did. And so we ask that you would teach us how to love even the people who are unkind to us. We ask that this in Jesus' name who told us to love as he has loved us. So hear us now as we pray in the words Jesus gave his friends, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. How are you all today? Are you good? What be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh -huh. Well, I'm going to open my bag this morning, first of all. And in here, but to be very careful with this because it's really very precious to me. It's new, just brand new. What is it? It's a Bible. I am so pleased with this Bible. <laughs> mm. Now, my mum taught me never to speak with my mouth. Don't say that after wait a minute. is so, so good. And you're all laughing, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And I'm still speaking with my fool, but never mind. So in here, what I'm doing is not that unusual, because there's two people in the Bible told to do just what I've done. I want to have a look. There's a couple of cards there. And in one of them, Ezekiel 3, 1 to 3, and the other one's from Revelation. Do you want to read it out, or will I read it out? I'll read it out. Okay. Is that all right if I read these out? So, from Ezekiel 3, and he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Now, in those days, the Bible was all in big, long paper scrolls. So, telling them, eat the scroll. And then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. 
Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, mm. and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Strange, isn't it? And then from Revelation, I went up to the angel and said, give me the little book. He said, take it, then eat it. It will taste sweet like honey. I took the little book from the angel's hand and it was sweet honey in my mouth. So, when I was eating the Bible, just doing what the Bible tells us to do. But that seems a bit fast, strange, doesn't it? But do you know what? What it's telling us is that we really need to take the words of the Bible deep inside of us. It does no good if it just stays in our brains, does it? When you eat food, what happens to it? It goes into your tummy and you digest it and it goes all around your body, doesn't it? Nourishes every part of you. And it's the same with the Bible. It's no good if it just stays in our brains. It's got to nourish every part of our body and it's got to affect how we do everything how we move and how we act. So the Bible has to affect all our feelings, our words and our actions, just as well as our minds, just as the food we eat goes all around our body and gives us the energy we eat. So you'll be able to go and tell your friends that on Sunday, the minister ate the Bible, <laughs> won't you? With the idea that we need to take the Bible and all it says to us deep inside of us and then let it work through us. That's what we need to do. So will we remember that? Yes? Good. That's great. So I'm going to sing again. We're going to sing from the blue book. We're going to sing Kumbaya. Do you know Kumbaya? No? Oh, I think we'll need to do some learning of hymns, some, of songs sometime then. But it's a nice one and it's repetitive, so we'll learn it. So number 20, Kumbaya.
I hope you have good fun out there. I'm sure you will. You can tell me about it afterwards. You can tell me what you've been up to. Bye bye. Most of the intimations are in the print, but I think it's worth flagging up most of them. Um, the DEC appeal last week for Pakistan raised £507.50, so that's a really good result that will help support the people who have been flooded out of their homes and land in Pakistan. We are holding a Macmillan coffee morning on Saturday between 10.30 and 12.30 up at St George's Outreach Centre. Tickets are on sale today or you can pay at the door and obviously it's a coffee morning. What do churches always do really well at coffee mornings? Home baking. So if you can help with home baking, please speak to Anne Sellers or Jennifer Nichols if you're able to help on the day. The session is called to meet on Tuesday the 20th of September. September at half past seven at the Outreach Centre. The Friendly Hour is on as usual this Tuesday from 2 until 3.30 and they're doing a Keep Fit session. The Connect Hub will meet on Tuesday. Remember the Connect Hub meets on the first and the third Tuesday of every month from 1.30 to 3. It's a short half hour service followed by tea and coffee. Give it a try, bring your friends with you. And then next Sunday, Ice Cream Sunday is back at 11am when they're having a jungle party. Ooh. Since children of all ages are welcome, do you think you'd miss me if I went through? <laughs> I think you might. The social committee are having the last event of this year. A ukulele band to set your toes a tapping. Large hall, Saturday the 8th of October at 7 o'clock to approximately 9 Tickets are £3, free entry for children, and there's some more information on the order of service. <coughs> there will be no live stream or telephone recording of worship next Sunday, as unfortunately none of the team is available. However, if this is something you think you could help with in the future, so we've got a bigger team and we don't have to say this, then please speak to Stephen Clancy, who does the recording most Sundays. And he will lead you through everything that needs to be done. And finally, the funeral of the late Effie Russell will take place at 3.30pm on Friday, the 23rd of September at Woodside Crematorium. So would you please keep Ian, Jeanette and Gordon and all of Effie's family in your prayers over the days and weeks to come. These are all the intimations. We turn now to scripture which will be read for us this morning by Jan Phillips. Jan is one of our elders and captain of our BB company. Good morning. Sadly, I've not got the edible version. <laughs> this morning, we've got three Bible readings, and for each of them, I'm going to use the New International Version. And our first is found in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. They're reading chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, 
Persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. We turn now to the Gospel, to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and they're reading verses 35 to 45, the request of James and John. That's Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our final reading is again from the Gospel, this time reading from John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen, and may God bless our understanding these readings from his holy word. Thank you, Jan. We continue in our worship in what I think is a new hymn to us, but I am sure that the tune is familiar. We're going to sing hymn 705. It is God who holds the nations in the hollow of his hand. Hymn 705.
take a wee look around at one another. Have a wee look around. We're all different, and yet we're all made of flesh and bone. Each one of us is made of ordinary materials, elements such as oxygen, hydrogen, calcium, iron, and many, many more, wonderfully put together. And yet Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, likens us to ordinary clay pots. And I suppose in a way we are, because we are fragile, we are easily broken. But Paul reminds us that such pots are never destroyed. We all know that life is challenging. It has, as we say, its ups and downs. And perhaps life is designed to keep us from pride. For however great is our Christian glory, we are still mortal. We are still the victims of circumstance. We're still all subject to the chances and the changes of human life. We are still mortal bodies with all their weaknesses and pain. And as mortal bodies, we may be persecuted by other people, but we will never be abandoned by God. We can be at our wit's end, but never at our hope's end. There are times when as Christians, we do not know what should be done, but even then, we should never doubt that something can be done. There are times when we cannot see clearly where life is going, but we never doubt that it is going somewhere. We may be knocked down, but we are not knocked out. The supreme characteristic of Christians is not that they, we do not fall, but that every time we or they fall, we get up again, we rise again. It's not that we're never beaten, but we're never ultimately defeated. And all of this is what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. So here we are, ordinary people, made in the image of God, subject to the same stresses as everyone else, but because of the love of God, we have that promise of eternal life and that things will work out. They'll work out in God's way, which isn't always our way, but they will work out. And then we turn to Mark's Gospel, where we heard the request of James and John. So, you want to be a leader? asked Jesus. Of course I do, Lord, I replied. Isn't it natural to want to be top of the pile rather than crushed underneath it? I want to help make the right decisions. To make the decisions, good decisions, right decisions, mark you, rather than always obeying orders. I want to help set the goals, make others accountable. They need to know who's in charge, Jesus, you and me. As a leader, I'll have the freedom to decide the pattern of work, time off and holidays. Oh, I don't deny leadership has responsibilities, but it must have a few rewards as well. It's not wrong, is it, Jesus, to want a decent financial package, a reasonable pension, health insurance and severance pay should the enterprise go bottom up. Not that it will, of course. Why are you shaking your head, Jesus? Did I say something amusing? I'm not greedy. I just want the going rate and proper recognition as your right-hand man. A 
few perks would be nice. Let's see. Mm. Obviously, the reserved parking space. The chauffeured limo so I can work on the way to the office or airport. And how about a key to the executive toilet? A table in the director's dining suite. We do need to entertain the clients. To be honest, I would prefer a penthouse office complete with a large desk and bar. But perhaps that's going over the top. How about a personal trainer? No, I'll give that a miss and ask for the box at Ascot. Oh, I understand we're not into racing. I know, a hospitality suite at Lord's. Cricket's a respectable game. Just think of the potential contacts. No, you're right. We need to set an example. Simple lifestyle and all that stuff. Look, I'll just settle for the title Vice President and a seat next to you on the right, preferably in the boardroom and at public functions. We've worked so hard together, so it's time we reap the rewards. Why are you frowning, Jesus? Have I said something to offend you? Have I been so long with you, replied Jesus, and you still don't understand? I recognise the model, but it's not mine. In the kingdom, leadership isn't measured by status, but by service. I value humility more than honour. Leadership in the kingdom of God comes at cost, at a cost, a great cost. Are you willing to pay the price? Can you endure the shame, the anguish and the agony that I must face? I think I can, I replied. Well, Jesus pierced me with his gaze. I could not bear the sorrow and the love I saw there. I looked away. Then he said, you do not have the faintest idea about what you're saying. Nonetheless, there will be for you a darkness, a grief, and a pain that you've never before experienced. You will share my sorrows, but the place you request is already taken. Let me tell you this, all of you who want to be leaders, you see leadership as a place of privilege and power. But true leadership is about obedience and servanthood. For I am also under authority. I do only what the Father asks. Say only what the Father reveals. I am among you as a servant. So, if you would be a leader, collect your basin and towel. We have feet to wash. What is more, if you want to sit at my table, you must first stand by my cross. That is my judgment seat. That is my throne. Jesus is a priest forever, always with us in the days of darkness. We who are chosen and called to work with him, well, we're also called to live amongst God's people to make a difference. It's a wee bit like I was talking about with the Bible. We can't just read the words and take them into our brain. The Word of God has to permeate our entire human being and be 
lived out in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words. For we are called to live amongst God's people to make a difference. We respond to God's call to live out our faith, to be the church in season and out of season, in times of success and in times of failure. And like Christ, to be obedient even in suffering. So as Jesus lived in our midst, and he lived in the midst of human beings, so the church, and remember we are the church, the church is to be in the midst of society. To be in the midst of society, to be a source of comfort, to be a source of consolation, to be trusted by the wider community, which will allow the church to move on from past wrongs in healing and renewing. And in these days, let's be honest, there is much for the church, for you and for me, for all of us to do. As you heard in the intimations, we're needing to increase the team of folks who record our services. But here in St George's too, we are setting up a new way of reaching out to others. And we're looking for volunteers to help with this. We're hoping to reach out and connect with people who live in the community of Glenburn one morning a week from 10 until 12 at St George's Outreach Centre. We're planning to offer help with preparing low-cost, easy meals and to helping folk learn the basics perhaps of knitting and sewing and maybe even being able to repair clothes rather than throw them away. The aim is to provide tea and coffee as well and it's, as this is aimed perhaps at younger folk, there may be children come along. So if there are preschool children, we want to do a story and a song time with them. If you think you can help with any of this, please see Muriel Smith. I think this is a wonderful way of reaching out to people. But we're also beginning to get our pastoral team back off the ground. So if you can help by visiting housebound members of our congregation, or maybe you're not able to get out and about so much nowadays, but you've got a phone and you'd be willing to phone some members and have a wee blether with them, then please speak to Linda Farmer. Another thing that we are keen to do is to restart worship in the care homes. Going out maybe once a month and holding a simple service. Again, if this is something that you can help with, please come and speak to me. All of this we can only do because God loves us. We can only do this through the strength of our living Lord. We can't do it on our own. We can only do it through his love and his strength. And as a congregation, a congregation made up of individuals who love God, we need to be prepared to obey his command, his command to love one another as I have loved you. And perhaps we struggle to see our way forward, but the only way to see our way forward is to follow in the footsteps of our Lord, the servant king. And let's just think a wee bit about the difference between following and leading. Following and leading are intimately connected, but they are different. To follow is to go after, 
Taking your lead from someone else. To lead is to set the direction and expect others to join with you in the task or journey. Both are very important. And today, well, maybe some of us struggle to find following difficult. Think about how often we question those who would lead. Why? I've heard that word before. Where are we going? Is this the right way? As we heard, James and John aspire to leadership and status, but they're challenged. They're challenged by Jesus, whose leadership is all about following. About following God and doing what God asks. When we follow God, then we follow our Lord Jesus Christ and his new commandment to love one another as he has loved us. For Jesus loves us unconditionally, freely, unreservedly, without our asking him to, regardless of who we are or what we're like. He loves us, not as a reward, nor out of pity, nor from a sense of duty. His love for us cost him his life. We can't begin to match his love, but we can make ourselves available, allowing Jesus to love others through us. He calls us, he calls us all to be his servants. Ordinary people, flesh and blood, troubled but not crushed, and even if badly hurt, not destroyed, like the pots Paul spoke about. But Jesus calls us to be his servants. He calls us to be his servants, not to buy with one another for special places, but simply to be the person known and loved by God, the person whom God loves. And because God loves us, because we are so loved, then we are to love others. Love one another as I have loved you, the commandment that Jesus gave to us all. Amen. We continue in our worship with hymn 721. We lay our broken world, hymn 721.
before our offerings are brought forward and the anthem sung, this would be a good time to think of how we respond to the love of Jesus. How can we love one another? So as our anthem is sung, our offering will be brought forward and we can lay before God the offerings of ourselves and our service.
Thank you, Alan, and thank you, choir. And now let's dedicate our offerings. Let's pray. Generous God, you have bestowed great gifts upon us and continue to give us more and more each day. We cannot thank you enough. We come and offer this time of worship and our gifts of money, which we give for the building of your kingdom here and now. May these gifts of money not be all that we offer, for you ask us to be co-creators with you and to use all our resources, both money and the many gifts and talents with which you have blessed us. You have asked us to use these to share your love in the world. Amen. And now we bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving and for others. So let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for your love revealed in Jesus Christ. We thank you that that love is greater than we can ever imagine and stronger than death itself. And so we know that we can trust you with our loved ones and with ourselves. At this time of national mourning, we give you thanks for our late Queen, your servant Elizabeth, and for the gifts which you gave to her and the ways in which you sustained her throughout her long life and reign. We bless you for her dedication to duty and diplomacy, for her commitment to country and commonwealth, for her faithfulness and loyalty to your ways of love and peace. We give you thanks for the respect and affection in which she was held by people of different nations and generations. On this, the eve of her funeral, we remember her family as they mourn a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother and family member. May they find privacy to grieve for her. Solace as public demonstrate their sadness and respect and may they find the peace that you alone can give. We pray for those upon whose shoulders new responsibilities now fall, and particularly for your servant Charles as he succeeds to the throne. Grant him wisdom, strength and courage that he may rule wisely and well with the support of government and people. We pray for the members of both parliaments in this time of rising prices great environmental concerns and the arrival of families seeking refuge. We pray for all families who are mourning the loss of a loved one. May your hands wipe away their tears. We pray for those who are sick. May they sense your healing touch. We pray for those who are nearing the end of their earthly life. 
May they sense your outstretched arms of welcome. We pray for those who are struggling to pay bills, to feed families, to keep a roof overhead. May they be supported. We pray for ourselves. May we have a clear sense of your calling. And through the strength of your Holy Spirit, may we love one another as you have loved us. All this we ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, whose reign knows no limits and his kingdom of love knows no end. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship by standing of able to sing hymn number 419, Thine Be the Glory, hymn 419.
Christ in your heart, in your soul and in your mind, and you will serve God by serving others because you can do no other. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.